Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 538. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and it's been an interesting week for me. I'm all over the place. I was up, drove up to Quinnell and back. That was like 11 hours, and I drove down to the coast today to deliver something to somebody and visit my mom. She's not doing very well. She's 92 years old, and uh, uh, it's inevitable what's going to happen, and so we'll see what happens depends on how long. Anyhow, and get back, and that was a 12-hour day. It's just like I've been doing nonstop driving, and then I come back and got to do horse chores and do chores around the, the ranch and everything else, and then rush in here and do a podcast. So that's kind of what I am. I'm a little tired, a little hectic, so if I start nodding off and snoring halfway through the show, just Charles, just take over, mute me, and carry on, okay? Uh, hopefully that's not going to happen, but we'll see what does happen. So Today, unfortunately, we don't have William with us. Willie is down in Las Vegas for his yearly holiday in Vegas, and he's at the Palazzo, and uh, it's pretty stoked. He's having fun down there, so um, he's not going to join us. At least he said he would try, but I don't think he will. Uh, he did send in his pick, so I will have those for later when we do that. And but we've got the two boys on the on the shelf here. Um, Elf on the shelf. I can just see Charles up on a shelf. That would be funny. Um, so I cut Charles. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm doing well. How are you? Well, you always kind of said how you were, so I'm doing well. I can't complain. Okay. Excellent. Anything new and wonderful and interesting? I was I drove through Abbotsford two or three times today, so uh, sorry well, I didn't stop in and say hi. But I did. I did stop at the W at Whatcom for food for dinner, but no, I was really? in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. I was kind of busy today anyway. So. Uh, no. Fortunately, both ways, the scale was closed, so I didn't have to go over the scale oh. with my big monster truck. Oh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was pretty happy about that. Rudy, welcome to the show, bud. How are you? Good, good. I'm enjoying a nice Winnipeg summer night. Went for a walk tonight, and uh, and uh, I, I know winter's... <laughs> Winter's always around the corner, so we enjoy our summer nights in Winnipeg. So, and uh, looking forward to the Bomber game on the weekend, and, uh, and that's about it. Yeah, the Bombers are playing in Ottawa, so you don't get to go to it. So, anyhow, still yeah, a game. Well, still get right. to watch. BC yeah. Lions are on a bye. So, Charles, what are we going to do this weekend? Oh, we're going to watch football. But hey, probably yeah. None of them are really that. None of them are really important. Anyhow, uh, so I guess Willie's he's not going to be back for these games this weekend. Maybe he can find a place down there to watch them. I don't know. He, I don't even know if he's going to listen to the podcast. I, I'm expecting him to pipe up and send me a text in a couple minutes here. But Okay, so let's uh, jump in and talk about these five game, four games that we had this week. Um, I'm going to just hang on, jump over to Messenger here and bring up the Sparky thing. Uh, there he is. Okay, so the first game up was the Edmonton-Saskatchewan game. If this was not an absolute fucking boring game, 
I don't know what the hell was. Uh, Edmonton literally outplayed the Saskatchewan Rough Riders almost the whole game. And then the defense, Edmonton defense actually looked really good all of the game, right up to the last series when they actually had to perform and they couldn't stop Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan went down and scored. And then the kickoff, uh, the uh, returner had an extreme brain fart. He didn't catch the ball in the air. He let it bounce on the ground, bounce into the end zone, and took a knee. So on the kickoff, he gave the Saskatchewan Rough Riders a rouge, which was the difference in the game. The game was tied. All he had to do was catch the ball outside of the end zone and run or in the end zone and punt it back out, do something. But he just gave them a single point. And uh, that is the way it is. And uh, one of the memes out there I thought was funny was the guy was talking to Chris Jones, and, and he goes, what does a rouge mean? And he goes, that's French for us, for you losing the fucking game. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, well, that's not really what it's French for, but um, it, it means red. So I really don't know. I, I've always wondered how it got called a rouge. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me why, but that's the name of it, and we're just going to accept that. Uh, but it was a it, it, it was a boring game. It was it was it had a hockey baseball score game with a little more than a hockey game, but certainly not a football game. I don't know did anybody even score a touchdown. It was a pathetic game. It was just terrible. But like I said, Edmonton played reasonably well. Saskatchewan is definitely the better team, but they didn't play that well. So I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I mean, Edmonton was winning this game, and they found a way to lose. They found another way to lose. And to me, that just shows the character of the team. And the character is simply not there. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, why was this guy not coached before he went out on the field saying, hey, catch the ball, run it, don't give up a point? Uh, but, you know, it didn't happen, and Chris Jones took responsibility for it. He did say that the guy knew about the rule but forgot, so somebody should have reminded him. Uh, I don't know. Anyhow, so just keep keep plugging along with active stupidity. Edmonton lost another game. Charles, expand on every, that for me, will you? Every time I think Edmonton is going to finally win a game, they figure out a way to screw it up. I mean, this is one of the worst I've seen. This was just terrible. I mean, to lose a game like that, that you had a lead up until the final minute of the fourth quarter, and then you just basically give them the win by allowing uh, the uh, ball to go to the end zone and get a rouge. I mean, what the hell do you think? Did this guy not, was this guy there and he didn't know the rule? Because he sat there. And just watch so he didn't try to pick it up. He just sat there and let it roll. Oh, let's pick it up and kneel down. Uh, check the time. Uh, do not know. It was just ridiculous. The, How do you do that? The stupid thing there, Charles, is that if, 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 he, if he didn't pick up the ball, any, any Saskatchewan Rough Rider player could have fallen on it For and it would have been a touchdown. Yep. Because it was an onside kick. Right. 
It was just like, seriously, you don't know what you're doing? Even if he gets the ball and goes out of bounds at the one-yard line, fine, do that. But you don't, you got to be cognizant of your surroundings at that point. And this guy clearly wasn't because he sat there watching it roll into the end zone. And you let them win the game on a play you should never let them win on. And just, it was just awful to watch. I mean, and, and the game itself was terrible. It was dull. It was not exciting. Nothing really happened until the final minute. And, um, God, if I'm an Edmonton fan, I'm pulling my hair out. That game was right there for the taking, and you still screwed it up. Really bad. And the way to lose like that just, just got to be crushing. I mean, uh, uh, Edmonton fans got to be thinking of themselves, what the hell, uh, what, what possibly could happen next? Because everything that could happen uh, did happen. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I would be uh, completely bewildered right now if I was an Edmonton fan, just watching them week after week. And they do look like they're improving, don't get me wrong, but they're still screwing things up to the point that they're losing. It's just terrible. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, look at Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan was a terrible team in that game. It was, they were god-awful. Right? They scored 13 points. we, We could... I don't know. Against a winless team. But yet they still win. Crazy. Absurd. But, hey, they get to win. And you Saskatchewan fans who are out there celebrating and talking like they're the greatest thing ever, guess what? Oh, yeah. They're, they're talking you won, shit. But you won, but you were lucky as hell. So what are you chirping about? If you score 12 points in a game, you should have been blown out. Yeah. They scored 12 points in a game and won. Boggles the mind. Ridiculous. Okay. Rudy. Uh, I mean, you always have something nice to say about Saskatchewan. Can you take the Saskatchewan side of things and and talk about them? Because we've talked about how incompetent Edmonton is and how terrible they were. So can you expand on Saskatchewan there? Because you're kind of like neighbors or like friends or something, are you? Both teams should have lost. They should be given a loss. If you can't score more than 13 points in a game, both teams automatically lose. Um. It's tough in Saskatchewan. I like that rule, actually. <laughs> like, I mean, the Riders, I mean, they, they might be the worst 3 and one football team in the history of, of football. Like, they're, they're not good. Like, it'll be a rude awakening when they play one of the, the top teams in the league. They're going to get hammered. Well, they did. Winnipeg beat them. But when they play BC and they play Toronto, they're going to get they're going to get killed. I think Calgary will beat them this week, too. Um, but, you know what? Like I say, the, the first few weeks of CFL season is, is kooky and strange things happen and, and rookie imports and mistakes, and that always happens. I mean, every time I see a rookie import field a punt late in the game, it's like, oh, boy, what is he going to do? Is he going to forget everything he was – now, I assume that they're coached up, that the coaches tell him, you know, this is a deal. 
and they've had more than enough time in training camp to figure that out. If that's your job, I mean, it's not hard to learn the rules after a few weeks. And uh, it, it was an unusual game. It was a terrible game. Yeah, and, I mean, you know what? It, what's really funny is we've been saying that a lot. Like over the last three weeks, we've been ta- saying that this game was absolute shit. This game was absolute garbage. And, and, and but very rare do we get to say that in the CFL, but 2023 is the year of the disasters. Yeah, the games are – I don't know if it's – if the defenses are getting just that much better and, I mean – no. I'm not sure. The, 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 the quarterback garbage. The quarterback's not as quarterbacking's not as good. I mean, there is an issue with quarterbacks only, I guess, so that's that could be a the bigger cause. I mean Saskatchewan. I mean realistically there's only three there's only three quarterbacks in the league that you would pick for a team. There's only three. Mm-hmm. Starters. That's the start, starting quarterback. If, if you were starting quarterbacks, if you were to pick a starting yeah. quarterback and, and, and you had a choice of nine of them that we have in the league right now, mind you, there's a couple of teams that we have no idea who their starter is, Edmonton, Hamilton, and Ottawa. But if you, you had a choice of any quarterbacks in the league, you could only pick – there's only three that are worth picking. Zach Caleros, Chad Kelly, and Vernon Adams. I wouldn't want anybody else. Yeah, I'm trying to think. No, some yeah, we're not. I mean, some some people might say Trevor Harris. I'm not saying I would, but I know some people probably would, even though I find them to be far too inconsistent as they should be. Yeah, I, I think Trevor. Harris the same is, people, the same people that like Trevor Harris are the same people that like Cody Fajardo, just a year different. Oh, Harris is better than Fiordo, though. Like, much better. He's better than Fajardo? I would, I would agree. I don't I know. Agree. Agree. Montreal's not doing agree. so bad this year. They weren't doing so good last year, were they? Yeah, I think I think Harris, well, I think the Saskatchewan's team isn't as good either. I don't know. They're, I think they're, they're lacking. They don't got a lot of weapons on, on a receiver. But I don't. It's such a mess of a game. I mean, honestly, it was, it was hard to watch. It was very hard to watch. Okay, so final score was the Edmonton Elks eleven, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders twelve. Total score of twenty-three. There are teams this year, this week, that scored more than twenty-three points. In fact, there was two teams. Hamilton almost scored more. The second game of week five, I really don't know if I like this game Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. One game a day. I don't know if I like that or not. It's kind I of interesting, do, but I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disliking it right now, mm-hmm. but 4 o'clock in the afternoon is a terrible time for games to start, in my opinion, and Four days in a row at four o'clock doesn't work for me that much. So, uh, okay, so 
let's go back. The game two was the Calgary Stampeders went into Winnipeg. And honestly, honestly, this game wasn't much better. Okay? They were two better teams. Without question, they were better, two better teams than the first two. But they just didn't play football, polished football. I'll call it polished football because they didn't. Yes, it's week five. Week five, you should have your shit together. And neither of these teams came out and played at a, a professional caliber of football. Yes, Winnipeg played better than Calgary. Calgary didn't play bad. No, I can't say that. They did play bad. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It was just that it was not an exciting game of football. I could almost use Rudy's thing. Neither team deserved to win. But I know he's going to take offense to that because Winnipeg was playing and Winnipeg did win. Um, But it, it was just not an exciting game of football. And it wasn't jumping out at me, in, in my personal opinion, right? I mean, Zach Caleros was pounded into the ground way more than he should have been, not only in sacks, but in hits, right? Once he gets rid of the ball, they're still allowed to hit him for that brief period of time. So even though he threw the ball, he gets, he's getting hit, and he's getting hit, and he's getting hit. And I'm a massive Zach Caleros fan, always have been, and if he cannot take this punishment. We have seen that before, before, before. He cannot physically take this kind of punishment. If Winnipeg expects to do anything in this season and in the future, they need to protect him better. They do. He cannot take punishment. It's going to be one hit, and it's going to be game over for him, and it's going to be very sad. I am not going to be excited that I was correct. I'm going to be very sad. Because I, I honestly believe that he's a, he's a magician back there. He is a very, very talented quarterback. And uh, we're not seeing that this year, and that's basically because there's a defensive lineman in his face all the time. So, Rudy, you go ahead and talk about this game. Yeah, well, I, was, I mean, Bombers definitely started slow. Calgary looked good in the first quarter. And then it's like Winnipeg kind of flipped the switch. And it was a hard-hitting game. Like, don't, there was, there's a big difference between, like, Calgary. Calgary played their defense. You know, they, they hung tough. They made some good plays. And it, and it was hard-hitting. Like, it was, they went after each other. So, in that, in that respect, it, it, was, it was definitely a better game. Um, and then, I mean, the... Once Winnipeg kind of got rolling, they, uh, I mean, Calgary only had one point after the, at, in the last three quarters. So Winnipeg's defense definitely showed up, and you can't say much better mm-hmm. than that. And uh, offensively, yeah, they still haven't hit their stride. Like, they're, they're, they're kind of middling the boat right now with that offense. I'm not sure if they're waiting, they're kind of missing Lawler or what's, what's going on, but they're a little bit sluggish. Did they, did they miss him last season? I thought they might have missed him in the Grey Cup game. I think we could have used him. 
down the stretch for a spark. I, I, you really cannot talk about Kenny Lawler right now. He's not part of the team. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I, he's not gonna. He's not gonna make or break the bomber season. But he's, he's. But having an added weapon always helps, right? I mean, that's a, that's a definite. You know, an extra option on offense, which opens up other. Yeah, but we can't talk receivers. about it. Yeah, <laughs> but. When, no, when he, I mean, when he I straps can... on a set of pads and goes on the practice field, you can start talking about Kenny Lawler, but you can't talk about him again until that happens. Okay? All right. Because um, he, he's think, not part uh, of the team. It's like, it's like saying yeah. BC Lions are going to be awesome when Nathan Rourke comes back. Well, but uh, Lawler's going to be back there's this year. Just, right now, there's, yay, who knows? Good odds, right? I mean, I would say the odds are a lot okay. better than than we're coming back. But anyways, I think just in general, Winnipeg hasn't hit their stride yet offensively. But the CFL, the long season, does help help teams that that are struggling, you know, offensive or defensively. Because I think they'll come around, and you'll see a you'll see a better Bomber offense in the second half of the season. I think auto. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm not worried yet. I, I would hope so. I would hope that well, they be better. get better. I, ex- well, be better. I expect better from them. I think yeah. everybody expects better from them. Charles. And yeah. Yeah. Ca- Calgary, Winnipeg. Calgary early on looked like they might have Winnipeg's number because they were actually playing quite well. Uh, that quickly disappeared about midway through the second quarter. The Bombers took over. They were they did not have a good first quarter of the Bombers offense, but they seemed to make up for it down the road. They were able to, uh, to kind of snap out of it, and the Bombers' defense shut down Jake Mayer on the San Peter's offense completely, basically in the last three quarters. And the Bombers' offense was a great They were great the entire game. They were terrible in the first quarter. They got better, and they put up enough points to win. It wasn't that difficult because the uh, San Peter's offense was not getting anywhere in this game, and they just didn't look like a very good football team at all. Uh, but definitely uh, a good day for the uh, Bombers to get, get another win there. Uh, they are a better team than San Peter. I think I'm sorry Jake Mayer is not the answer in Calgary. He is not the guy who is going to be a top-level um, quarterback. Uh, he looked like he might have been for a while last year, but uh, this most recent stretch, we're going back into the latter part of last season through the playoffs and this season. He's just not getting it done as a starter. I'm sorry, he's just not. He, they probably would be a, a blue chip guy to take over from uh, Bowling on Mitchell, but he's just not playing like it, and I don't see any indication he's about to snap out of it. To be fair to him, he has some injury issues with some of his players, but I just don't see him as the guy, and I think uh, the Bombers are a better football team. They didn't play great in this game. They didn't have to because the uh, San Peters were that much worse. Their defense definitely came to play and showed up, and uh, Ruby is right that Jackson Jeffco does make a huge difference for the Bombers when he's in the lineup. 
Uh, so Lamar is at an okay win. I mean, I don't think they're going to be jumping in up and down with the way they played, but hey, they got the W's, and as Will says, that's what counts. Okay, so now I have a question for you. Um, Calgary played a strong first quarter and was had respectable defense for the rest of the thing, sort of. They, they, they didn't score any points, as Rudy pointed out, but they did have an, an okay game. Okay, it was an okay game. It wasn't amazing. Saskatchewan had a terrible game, but they won. So Saskatchewan scored 12 points. Calgary scored 11 how would you rank those two teams? Calgary Honestly, lost, Saskatchewan them. won. Does that make a difference? No, I put them neck and neck, to be honest. I, don't, I would not put one team better than the other. I don't think either one has been better than the other. I'm not going to sit here and say Calgary was that better was... than Saskatchewan because they lost. I'm not going to say Saskatchewan was better than Calgary because they won. Uh, I honestly would put them neck and neck. I wouldn't. I honestly would not put one ahead of the other. That, that was a real challenge for me doing the power ranking is this because Saskatchewan, Calgary, and Montreal, who are the middle three, are, are, are playing the same football. They're just not mm-hmm. playing strong enough. No. So, and let's face it. You know, Calgary lost. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I would just say, is Saskatchewan been playing almost anybody else in this league, well, except for maybe uh, Ottawa? They're, they lose that game. They're not even in it in the fourth quarter yeah. at that point. No, and, and they've lost. I mean, they, they, they've been beating up on, on weak teams. So, well, they have been. I, I don't know. That'll make, that'll make this week's game kind of a, a big game, probably the biggest of the first half okay. for both teams. Week, week, one, they be, week one, they beat up Edmonton, okay? Week two, they, they got beat by the Bombers. Week three, they barely beat Calgary. Week four, they had a bye. Week five, they beat up, you can't even say they beat up. They, they slapped Edmonton. But not bitch slap, just kind of, it wasn't even a fight. They just slapped each other. So, you know, they played Edmonton twice. I don't know who built the schedule. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's terrible. Like, another playing Calgary at second. I just, now, I, Cal- yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's because the East teams want to play more in the East because they want to play six times against each other. Yeah, so I guess I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Okay, so final score was the uh, Calgary Stampeders 11, Winnipeg Blue Bombers 24. So the total combined score was 35. So it's a, marginally better than the Edmonton-Saskatchewan game, but not a lot. Um, and uh, so there you go. So total was 35. On to the third game, which is the Ottawa Red Blacks, which are down in the bottom of the league. The Hamilton Tiger Cats, who are down at the bottom of the league. And the only thing that was interesting in this game for me, because it was absolutely a terrible game, was that we got to see Jeremiah Mazzoli back after over a year. He was off for a year because of a broken knee. 
he came back with no training camp, no preseason, no nothing. They threw him in the game as a starter. He went out there, and in the first – it was the first quarter, wasn't it? In the first quarter, he – on a, a non-contact play, he ruptured his Achilles tendon of the opposite leg. It wasn't even the leg that was broken. And he ruptured his Achilles tendon and is gone for the year. Now, last year when he was hurt and I saw the injury, I said, he's done. He's toast. He's retired. Move on. Quality of life after football. You want to be able to walk. Okay? And now he's gone. He's worked rehabbed over a year. Over, he missed the first four weeks of the season. He rehabbed over a year to get back in here. And he's gone for another year. At what point in time do you throw in the towel? I know he can't do it right now because he's being paid. He's now being paid his full salary. So he can't retire. He can't announce he's going to retire now. I understand that because he loses the money for this year. So at the end of the season, are, are we taking odds on whether he retires or not, or is he going to try to rehab an a ruptured Achilles? I don't know. Matt Schlitz was not did not play a game of football. Ottawa, they just don't have a quarterback in there, so they went off and signed a couple. We're going to talk about those guys later. Uh, and, and Ottawa actually seems to be trying better. They, every year, week we look at them, they're trying to get better. They're trying to do something to improve their team, unlike Edmonton, unlike Hamilton. So I'm... This was, a, this was a terrible game. Hamilton won this game on the last play, on the last play of the game. Ottawa quarterback scrambled because he couldn't find an open receiver and ran like they were third and 28 or something. And he ran. He would have got a first down. He ran at a time but was tackled two yards before the end zone. If he made it into the end zone, they went for a two-point conversion. The game would have been tied. Momentum on Ottawa's side going into overtime. This could have been an Ottawa victory. This could have been two games in a row that Ottawa won. They stopped that poor guy on the two-yard line, and he did everything that he could to make that work. I, 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 I kind of liked his quarterbacking that, in that game. What was his name? Charles, do you, can you dispute it out? I'm Craig. Crumb? Uh, Crumb. Crumb. Crumb, Crum, yes. K-U-R-U-N. Yeah, Crumb. Yeah. Okay, so actually I want to go back and I... What's that? Have you looked at the stats on the game tracker off the schedule on CFL.ca? It, it's terrible. I went and looked at the Calgary Stampeders Winnipeg Blue Bombers game, and it's got passing yards for Calgary was 127. 127. They actually almost had more rushing yards than passing because they had 107. Yeah. But then the next stat is complete, uh, attempts. So there was 29 attempts for an average of 4.4 yards. It doesn't say how many completions. How do you talk about quarterback when you don't 
your, your attempts and completions aren't there. And don't you usually talk about um, touchdowns and interceptions? Don't, aren't those relevant yes, stats? Please. This whole CFL.ca is garbage. It's, it's, Anyhow. it's awful. But if you click on the players, it's, it's it will actually give you that. It's, it's truly pathetic. Okay, so um, yeah. go ahead, Charles. Talk about Hamilton and Ottawa game. Oh, I feel very bad for Jeremiah. <laughs> I finally get back in the lineup, and he had hurt. Uh, I, think I, I actually think he lasted into the second quarter, and this is the other leg, and he didn't even get a full game. Not that he was lighting a fire uh, with his um, play uh, before no. he got hurt, but Dustin Crumb came in. He actually played pretty ad- admirably. Uh, 14 to 21 for 149 yards. He did have two interceptions, but I mean, the young quarterback finding his way, uh, that, yeah, that can happen. He also ran the ball six times for 91 yards in a touchdown. So he was able to move the ball. He was able to put up some points. So a uh, guy, pretty uh, young guy, I think it was his first game action, regular season game action. So uh, let's see if the, if the guy can build on it or if uh, he goes nowhere. But uh, feeling bad for Ottawa. I mean, Hamilton, look, the, once Jeremiah Mazzoli went down, Hamilton should have probably run roughshod over uh, Ottawa because, come on, they're playing with Dustin Clumkin, who is not experienced at all. I mean, I'm sure the Red Blacks were somewhat shaken once uh, Mazzoli comes in and goes down right away. You would have thought Hamilton would have uh, uh, taken the ball and run with it, pun intended. But... Um, Really, they only end up beating them by eight points. It wasn't like they blew them out. They were still within a score of winning with with this crumb guy as uh, as a quarterback. So, I mean, Hamilton gets the win. It's, I believe, their first win of the season. But it certainly wasn't any kind of statement. And maybe the statement is, boy, we're not very good if we can only beat these guys by eight. Um, Matt Schlitz was okay, 233 yards passing. Uh, James Butler was decent with 62 yards rushing. He also uh, had another, well, 10 yards receiving. But, I mean, Hamilton got the win, so I'm glad they get that monkey off their back and finally get into the win column. But uh, it's nowhere near as convincing as it should have been against that team without a top-level quarterback. Okay, so hang on. Where do we have punts, kickoffs, field goals? Hamilton was 5 for 5 in field goals. Yeah. So does that mean they, they, they scored a touchdown but didn't get a con- didn't, and touchdown. missed the convert? Is that what happened? They got yeah, one touchdown. Yeah, convert. And missed the convert. So that's, that, that stat is nowhere in, in this CFL.ca thing. I, I, this, this is just absolutely pathetic. Okay, uh, Rudy, you talk about this game. 
There was a play in the game that um, I it was another special teams play. It was late in the second half, I think early fourth quarter, and Ottawa was still in the game. And there was a punt that was uh, returned out of the end zone, and they started at, like, their one-yard line. It was, like, five minutes left in the game. They could have given up the single point, been down seven, and then at least they would have had a chance. Or they would have been down five or five or six within a touchdown. And instead of giving up the single point, runs it out to the one-yard line, and you have a rookie quarterback in there who's now backed up. So that's bad. Then they go two and out, and instead of giving up the safety, and then taking it back out back to uh, Hamilton and starting giving them a bit longer of a field, they decide to um, – punt it from their goal line and then uh, Hamilton got the ball after no yards penalty they had the ball at the 35 yard line so they gave up three points and that yeah. made an eight point spread like it, that was a horrible coaching by Bobby Dice everybody loves him but that's just yeah. bad coaching you can't have that so yeah, uh, yeah. And, I, I was saying you know, the same thing during the game I said give up the safety give up the safety give yeah. up the safety yeah Especially you got a kid in there. Like you got some poor kid that's throwing three passes in his life, and you know what I mean. Like yikes! But anyways, uh, I like that. I like that kid though. That crumb kid. I think he'll do well. I think he might. Not not to say he's a superstar, but I think he might become a pretty decent quarterback in this league. Well, he's like the fourth or fifth string quarterback for. Yeah. For Ottawa, they've they, they, they've got three broken quarterbacks right now. Man, ever since they let go of Harris, I'm not saying Harris is like, you know, Doug Flutie, but ever since they let go of Harris, it's been a disaster there. Like, after they made the Great Cup in 2018, it wasn't so much, uh, it wasn't getting rid of Harris. It wasn't getting rid of Harris. It was, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Desjardins getting rid of the entire fucking team. Well, guys didn't want to resign. They, they just let, like, some, they just yeah, let go everybody. Yeah, well, and there some measures there, retired. big ones. Yeah, he made a mess. I mean, that's why Rick Campbell left. That's why BC has Rick Campbell. Yeah. Yeah, it's too you bad. Know, it was just a terrible mess. Every- okay, it's not too bad. I'm happy BC got Rick Campbell. It's, just, it's not too bad. It's sad for Ottawa. Um, okay, uh, so it was Ottawa 13, Hamilton 21. So it was an eight-point spread there that could have been acquired on the final play of the game. It could have been tied. Uh, total score was 34, so like one point back from the Winnipeg-Calgary game. These are still one-team scores, okay? Like only one team, score, one team can score that many points. Um, the fourth game, which one team did score more points than that, was the Montreal-BC game in BC Place Stadium. Uh, this was the game after BC lost to Toronto with that six-interception night for Vernon Adams. So it was a real, okay, what's going to happen? Who's going to show up? Who's going to play football? And even though I was not overly impressed with the play of the BC Lions, uh, they didn't dominate this game, but it was never in question. I mean, it, the, the score was abundantly, you know, yes, BC scored, Montreal tied it up, I think, and then uh, it just it went crazy after that. BC did very well for the game. I'm happy. 
Uh, Vernon Adams played a decent game. I'm happy. Um, Montreal played better than I thought they would. And that's an honest answer. I really did. I, Cody Fajardo played better and threw the ball better than I expected him to. I mean, close to 300 yards in the game. Both Vernon Adams and, and Cody Fajardo were just under 300 yards each. Uh, BC didn't rush the ball as much. Oh, the one thing, big shining star there was this new kid, uh, Shivers. Shivers. What an amazing little running back. Man, that guy takes punishment. He, he just puts his head down. There's a couple times where he had the opportunity to step out of bounds, and he said, fuck that. And he put his head down, and he went forward and made contact and got, you know, a, a yard, maybe two. Um, is it recommended doing that? No, but you can respect it. You certainly want to respect it. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Okay. I'm going to have to be quiet here for a bit, okay? So what what are we doing next? Uh, BC game. Charles, talk about this one right now. I'm going to mute myself for a couple seconds. Well, honestly, uh, the, the Lions... If you ever want to hear like 20,000 people gasp all at once, you should have heard what the reaction was when on the very first drive, Vernon Adams Jr. throws a pick six. Now, he got away with this because it got called back on a uh, illegal contact penalty, which I might add was a very, very, very picky-tap penalty. Uh, honestly, I don't think I'd have called it if I were the referee. But anyways, they got away with that one. And then the Lions go on. And Montreal hang on, hung around for a while. But I just think it was the case that the talent ultimately won through in this game. The Lions uh, were the better team in this game. They were substantially better. Montreal did play them tough. And like they said, stuck around for a while. But... In reality, once the Lions got up by, uh, you know, by about a double digits, you know, it was very, very unlikely that Montreal was coming back in the state. BC Place has never been a friendly place for the Montreal Alouettes. They typically play terrible here. They don't play well. They, they typically lose, and they lost again this one. Uh, it was good that the bounce back and see that Vernon Adams, after the call back interception, did not throw another interception that, uh, that game, so I'm happy about that. Um, the officiating overall in this game was terrible both ways. Uh, it just seemed like there was a flag coming out almost every, uh, every time there was a kick and every time of that, there was a flag coming out. This referee was terrible. These guys seemed to like throwing flags. But all in all, I think the Lions were full value for the win. Um, we're going to have did bounce back well. Uh, the Lions receiving cord is uh, just solid as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I know Rudy will argue with me, but I still say it's the best in the league right now. And, uh, yeah, this guy, Sean Shivers, uh, we're going to, I think, be hearing a lot about this guy going forward. This guy is a, I believe he's a five foot seven running back that plays like he's six foot three. Yeah. And he has blazing speed, too. That one play where he unfortunately fumbled at about the three-yard line. He just turned on the jet. I was actually surprised anybody was able to catch him because he is that fast. I think maybe he was kind of running out of gas just in the last little bit there. 
But this guy's got blinding speed, and he is a five foot seven running back that runs over people. So, um, yeah, um, this is going to be a guy we're hearing a lot of, I think, this year. And uh, Lions is back in the win column and uh, going to a bye week, and um, probably feeling pretty good to say they're now 4 and 1 and uh, tied for first in the West. So, technically, they are first in the West because they got the win over Winnipeg, so that's the first tiebreaker. So, they are first in the West. So, uh, yeah, good for them, and uh, hopefully, uh, more improvement to come. Just, just for the record, he didn't fumble the ball. It was stripped. It was it was it was, it was definitely a, a Montreal play. Yeah, it 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 as long as a fumble, but he didn't just drop the ball. It 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 got stolen, and it's unfortunate that he didn't get into the end zone. One extra yard. If he had one more yard, yeah. he would have scored another touchdown. Because he did get one touchdown. Vernon Adams did get one touchdown pass, one interception. So you know he's he, he's nine and nine on the season. He was only had two before the last game. Then it went to eight. No, he, didn't get, nine he nine. didn't get credit with an interception. He threw the one that got called back. Yeah. He didn't throw another one. Right. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't but throw he, a touchdown pass. He threw a touchdown pass. He didn't throw another interception. He threw the one he that threw got one called interception. back. Yeah, but that got called back. He didn't throw another one after that. Oh, I'm just looking at the stats on CFL.ca, and it says that he threw an interception. Uh, boy, I think that's wrong, to be honest. That's a game, but I don't remember him throwing an interception. Maybe, uh, honestly, I, I, I have no faith I have in this. No I have no faith I, in CFL.ca. I have no confidence in the CFL.ca. Because, yeah, I'm seeing that now that there's one interception, but I'm almost positive that uh, he did not throw another interception. And I have to be I'm going to look yeah, at the Antoine De- DeCoy. I think DeCoy, DeCoy got it. Okay, and I think I, I remember that, seeing maybe, it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he did throw one, but... Uh, yeah. Oh, I think he stepped in front of it. It was, a good, it was a good pick. He jumped in front of okay. it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Right. That's right. That's right. Go. Yeah, it was a really good catch. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. So, anyhow, the Montreal. Rudy, did you go on this game? Go ahead. No, I did. I was going to say the ref, I could throw a flag on that pick, I guess. So, that was a little joke. <laughs> the only thing with that game is uh, yeah, okay. I'll give VA credit for taking taking full advantage of, uh, of a. Of, uh, getting uh, off the hook on that first pick. That pick six, he did a good job coming back, and he he uh, took full advantage of, uh, you know, that might have been a different game if he throws that pick six stands. Who knows where his confidence is going to be at coming back out there. You know what I mean? So he did a pretty good job the rest of the way. Staying out of trouble. That's 100%. It. 100%. Okay, mm-hmm. so... Final score was BC 35, Montreal 19, total score of 54 points. Okay, so where did we go on this one? Okay, so week five, CJ scored 386 points. Charles beat him with 390. Hang on, that's not how it goes. 
Yeah. What did I do wrong? Oh, here it is. Okay, so we did. I did this wrong. Okay, so on the Saskatchewan game, we're going to go through this game. Saskatchewan. Charles got 114 points. Willie got 10 points. CJ got 104. Rudy got 100. In the Calgary game, we had Charles at 124. Uh, just pretty good score there, Charles. Willie got 28. CJ got 104. Rudy got 100. Ottawa game, it was Charles got 28 points. Will got 138. Way to go, bro. CJ got 40. I was I picked a closer score. I just didn't pick the right team. And uh, Rudy got 30 as well on that game. But that's it. Uh, BC Lions, BC. CJ got 124. Or sorry, Charles got 124. CJ got 128. No, sorry, CJ got 138. Will got 128. And Rudy got 134. So the standings, that was just kind of a bunch of numbers thrown out and nobody's really paying attention. So this week, Charles was tops with 390 points. CJ was next with 386, followed by Rudy at 364 and Will at 304. So now the standings, the year-to-date standings, there is only... 18 points separating CJ and Charles. CJ's in at 15.10. Charles at 14.92. Isn't that Christopher Columbus year? Uh, Rudy is 11.70. And and Willie is uh, 10.16. Not to be confused with 10.66, the Battle of Hastings. Okay. Um, Ooh, just a history buff here coming out. We're just doing it. We're just doing it tonight. Okay, so this week we have four games. They're pretty exciting. We have uh, Hamilton in Edmonton, Toronto in Montreal, Winnipeg in Ottawa, and Calgary in Saskatchewan. DraftKings has Hamilton beating Edmonton by two and a half points with an over-under of 42 and a half. Uh, they have Toronto beating Montreal by five points with an over-under of 48.5. Winnipeg taking Ottawa at nine points with the over-under at 44. And Saskatchewan taking Calgary by one and a half points with a total over-under of 44. Now, the CFL Pick'em Trends, which is what Sparky pays attention to, has Hamilton at 65 points, 65% over Edmonton. Toronto at 91%, Winnipeg at 98%. Those are two competent picks there. Saskatchewan at 66 over Calgary. Uh, those, the first and the last game were a little bit uh, up in the air on that one, so we'll see what happens. So, Charles, the first game is Hamilton and Edmonton. Willie took Edmonton at, thir- at 28 points. What are you going to do, Charles? Hamilton and Edmonton. Edmonton at home, are they going to win a home game? I'm just surprised that Will picked Edmonton. He didn't do that. Will picked Uh, Edmonton. God, I'm so torn on this game because the law of averages says that Edmonton is finally going to win a home game at some point. They're just not playing very well, but neither is Hamilton. Hamilton's a crack team, too. So, oh, this is a tough This is their best chance. This is their best chance to win. Uh, You know what? I'm probably going to regret this. I'm also going to take Edmonton because I think, quite frankly, they're due for a home win. 
they gotta have when they have been showing signs of um, improvement over the past few weeks, uh, as if in some terrible um, breaks and terrible some that they made their own. But I'm gonna actually take Edmonton to this one. I'm gonna probably regret it by uh, this time tomorrow night. But you know what? Like I said, the Rob Abbott says they're eventually going to win a home game at some point, so this is a good shot at any. So I will take Edmonton 39 points. 39? Okay. Yes. Rudy, Rudy, what are you going to do? Hamilton into Edmonton. Edmonton home team, home game. What's going to happen here? Rudy, you can talk now. He doesn't want to pick it. He ran away. Sorry. Sorry. I was just... Hi. Can you hear me now? Okay, good. Um, Yeah? Did you fall asleep or something? No, I I had it on mute for a second, then I just unmuted my phone. Um, So this game here, you know what? It reminds me of the Simpsons episode when Krusty the Clown bets all his money on the uh, Washington Generals to beat the... the uh, Generals? Yeah, or the... the, the Where were they? Were, yeah. That's yeah, they do, so... <laughs> so I'm going to go with Edmonton, I think, in this game. Um, I think Hamilton isn't that good, and Edmonton's defense is pretty good for for their record. I'm going to go Edmonton 43. I think they're going to, I think they're going to blow them out. That's what I think. I think it's going to end. The okay. prequel end. So for the record, going back with Cornelius? for the record, I've never seen an episode of Simpsons ever. Okay. I've never watched the show. Mm-hmm. You won't get the reference, um, but I certainly got it. You know what? I'm I'm going against the grain here. I'm going to take Hamilton, and I'm going to go in at 42 points. Hamilton at 42. Uh, I know I'm going to regret that. I don't. I. You know what? It's one of those things where if Hamilton wins, I get two point or I get points for this. If Edmonton wins, I'm excited for them. I'm happy for the fans. So it's a win-win game for me. So there's a couple like that. This. This week, I think uh, we'll see what happens. Um, Toronto into Montreal to play. This is an Argos. This is the, the greatest team in the history of the CFL, according to their fans, anyhow. At least the ones that are following my uh, power rankings. Uh, into play the Montreal Alouettes, who aren't that good of a team, but I don't know. I don't know. Are they as good as Toronto? We're going to find out. Cody Pajardo versus Chad Kelly. Williams taking Montreal at 35 points. Charles, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm sorry. After what I saw from Montreal last week, they're not good enough to beat Toronto. I think it's going to – I honestly think this game could end up a a similar type game that we just saw with Montreal and D.C., Montreal's not bad. They've got a decent defense. They've got Cody Fajardo, which is nothing to write home about. But you know what? They're not a terrible team. I don't think they're a great team. And I quite frankly don't think they're in the league with the Toronto Argonauts right now. I think uh, the Argonauts are up there with BC and Winnipeg as the top teams in the CFL. 
And I just don't think that uh, Montreal is quite in that league yet. So I saw uh, going to go with uh, the Toronto Argonauts in this one. I'm saying Toronto uh, 40 points. What's the score? 40. 30? 3-0? 40. 4-0. 4-0, Four sorry. Yeah, I just I can't hear you very well, Charles. I don't know why, but oh, really? if I put on my other headset, I can hear you, but I can't talk in my other headset, so it's it's me. It's not so much you. Okay. Yeah, I just okay. So Rudy, we got Charles taking Toronto, Will taking Montreal. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna take Toronto on the basis of their defense. I think their Fiorito holds on to the ball so long, and he, he just. He just takes a pounding, and I just think Toronto's going to cause a lot of turnovers, and it might be a long, long night for Mr. Fiorito. Uh, so I'm going to go with Toronto 49. Toronto 49. I, I'm going to take Toronto as well, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not – sold on this one, but I'm going to go with Toronto at 45. I don't really think this picking the score thing is relevant anymore, but we're going to do it anyhow. Um, Winnipeg into Ottawa. Ottawa doesn't have a quarterback. Anybody picking Ottawa for this game is silly and ridiculous. Winnipeg by 48 is what William has chosen here. Charles. Uh, it's going to be a major upset. Otto is going to win. They're going to cr- No, they're not. Um, it's going to be my Winnipeg. Come on. This, one, this one's a layup for picking this one. Uh, Winnipeg's the best, or at least one of the best teams in the league in Ottawa. Doesn't have a quarterback. I would consider it a win for Ottawa if they come out of this week with a quarterback that doesn't have a season in the injury because the games have been ending up like that recently. So, um, Winnipeg's no win this game. Let's not try and kid ourselves and try and think it's going to be competitive. Uh, Winnipeg wins uh, 50 points. 50 what? I said 50, 5-0. Five zero. Okay, perfect. Uh, Rudy, you taking Winnipeg? Yeah, that's funny. He took my fifty points. I had Winnipeg at fifty, so uh, I'll I'll go Winnipeg fifty one. I think it might be. I think when Ottawa will hang in there for a while, but then I think Winnipeg will just be too much. But yeah, uh, I'll Winnipeg fifty one. Okay, uh, well, I'm going to go uh, Winnipeg, and I'm going to go low on this one at 45. Uh, I don't think Ottawa's going to score that many points, and I don't think Winnipeg's going to score that many points. So I'm going to go on the low side of this one. Uh, the last game, Sunday game, is going to be Calgary in Saskatchewan. They're going to Regina to play the Rough Riders. These are two not very good teams. They're almost comparable. Calgary did lose last week. Saskatchewan did win, but they played different caliber teams. So it's not a fair comparison. 
William Green, no surprise, 35 points. Charles, what are you going to do? Um, you're right, these teams are comparable, and neither one is only good. Yes, I know um, Saskatchewan is 3-1. and one. I believe two of the three wins came against Edmonton. So take that for what it's worth. That's correct. Um, the other win was against Calgary, surprisingly enough, so that's who they're playing this week. Oh, this is a really tough one to call, but you know what? I, I'm still going to take Saskatchewan. Um, Calgary's got to show me they, they can close out a game with Jake Aaron. They really haven't done that uh, yet this year, except for the one win they had over Ottawa. I just don't, I just think Saskatchewan, I, while they're not a lot better than Calgary at all, I just think they're a, a slight bit better. So I am going to... Um, I am going to um, uh, go with uh, Saskatchewan this one, even though I hate it. 44 points. 44. 44. Okay, perfect. Rudy, Saskatchewan and Calgary. I think this is is probably the biggest game of, of the first half for both these teams. I think Saskatchewan wins this. They're pretty much guaranteed. I don't think guaranteed a playoff spot, but I, I don't see how they'd fall to third place. Um, and Calgary needs this one um, just for the just for their confidence and you know and standing. They don't want to fall too far behind. Although I guess they could look at a crossover well, at some point, but because you lose two games to Saskatchewan in the first you're already you're 0 and 2 in a in you know in your division against Saskatchewan that's you're probably not going to catch them if you go to if Saskatchewan goes well, well I mean it's a long season but it makes it tougher on you well and confidence wise this, this this is the you know the season series is it, this is important here because Calgary or Saskatchewan has already beat Calgary so Calgary needs this game they probably need another game, but you know if they want to, they want to even compete in the season series with Saskatchewan. They need to win this game. So yes, I mean it's kind of conference-wise, they haven't beaten anybody except for oh, uh, Ottawa. So they need a, I think just to get their confidence and and Mayor's got to step up, and I think Calgary's defense will will will, will keep them in, and I mean. I, they should. I, they won't be scared of Saskatchewan because, I mean, Saskatchewan hasn't done anything to scare anybody, but they're getting results. So, who are you going to take? I got Calgary. I have Calgary forty-seven. Might be way too high, but counting on turnovers. I don't know. I'm taking Calgary and going fifty-two. You're the lone one with Saskatchewan there, Charles. Okay. So that is week week five. Yeah, we're we're opposite on two games here. So this is a somebody could pull ahead seriously here or we'll just we'll push on them. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Okay, what else do we want to talk about here? Um 
Sparky wanted to brought this to our attention, and we at the beginning of the season we figured out what the standings were going to be, and uh, standings are for all intents and purposes. We said we'd revisit it after week five. I think we probably should have said week six, which would be a third of the season, do it six, 12, and 18. But, um, or, or, you know, seven because of the buys and everything else that's happening. But let's just see what happens, okay? So, did you guys have this? Did you look at it? Have you seen it? Are you embarrassed with what you did? Not totally. I mean, they're definitely. Will, Rudy, and CJ picked Winnipeg to be top team. They're actually second, so that's a fair, you know, where that's not bad. Charles, you took Hamilton. I did? Okay. You took Hamilton to be the top team right now. Well, yeah, when Levi Mitchell was there, you were confident that he was going to come out and rip up this league. Okay? So the number two team for Will and Rudy was Hamilton. So they both, you know, Winnipeg, Hamilton, top two teams there. All three of you did that because, Charles, you took Winnipeg for your number two team. Now, CJ took yeah. BC for the number two team. Okay? So I got the two teams. The two top teams are there. I just got them in the wrong order. Okay, so I, um, Will, Rudy, and Charles took BC to be in third, which is good. That's respectable. They're, they're, they're close to that. They're definitely in the top three. Uh, CJ took Edmonton. That's rather embarrassing. But then you guys have all got Hamilton up at the top, so I'm not that bad. Uh, next, Will took in, in fourth place. Will has Edmonton. Rudy has Saskatchewan. Charles has Toronto. And CJ took Hamilton. So Hamilton's up too high. Toronto's probably not high enough, Charles. Uh, Rudy, Saskatchewan is pretty close to being where there. And Will had Edmonton. No, okay. Uh, and then we all had Calgary pretty much there. Charles, you put Edmonton ahead of Calgary, but they're there. Rudy, you have Toronto down in seventh place. I have Toronto in seventh place. Uh Will rounds it out with Saskatchewan, Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, which is fair. Rudy has Toronto, Edmonton, Ottawa, Montreal. The bottom three are right or close. Montreal should be a little higher. Hamilton's not far enough. Uh, Anyhow, we're all kind of over the board here. I'm not going to say anybody's better, but we're going to keep these sparky, and let's revisit them after week 12, okay? Week 12, we're going to look at them again. So one of the things that we had here, we, we picked our dark horse. Who was the dark horse in the East? Okay. Do you remember who you picked, Charles? I know who all of us picked because it was the same team. We all picked Ottawa. Yep. And that team is, that team is definitely in the dark. They're not necessarily a horse, but they're definitely in the dark. Uh, the dark horse out of the West uh, Will took Calgary, Rudy took Saskatchewan, Charles took Edmonton, and CJ took Edmonton. Uh, I don't think anybody there is right. Okay, the dark horse just, it, it, there's, no, there, there hasn't been a dark horse. 
So there's well, not like we, we three and one. missed. Saskatchewan is three and De- one. Definitely better than I thought they were, but <laughs> come on, the they, they beat Edmonton twice. I know, I know, I know. I, I, I'm not going to give them much credit for that, okay? Okay, now who's going to rush out of the gate and who's going to stumble out of the gate? Okay, rushing out of the gate, Will and Rudy both picked Winnipeg. Charles and CJ both picked D.C., we're both at four and one. I would say, I don't yeah, think anybody here is wrong. Right. Yeah. I don't we'll think anybody here is wrong. BC beat, BC beat Winnipeg, so I'll give you the tiebreaker. The only thing I'm going to say is I don't think most people expected BC to play as well as they have. Everybody expected Winnipeg to play better. Okay. I'm just going to leave that there. Stumbling out of the gate, Will took Edmonton. Boy, was he bang on. Rudy took Montreal. Can't argue too much there. That's a middle-of-the-road one. Charles, you took Toronto to stumble. Hmm. 3-0. I did because I wasn't sure about Chad Kelly. I honestly wasn't, but hey, I was wrong. Yeah. And CJ took Saskatchewan to stumble. Now, three and one, but beating Edmonton twice really isn't a performance. Uh, but they are in the middle of the pack, so they're not really over. I, I'm not going to call them stumbling, but they're certainly not rushing. So, yeah, I don't think we're that far off on all of this. I mean, yeah, we've got some weird things happening, but let's let's see how it evolves with the season, okay? You guys good with this? Yep. Do you have anything mm-hmm. to say about it? Are you embarrassed about anything? Are you excited about anything? Hamilton let me down. Number one, ha- Hamilton let everybody down except CJ, because CJ knew that Hamilton wasn't going to do anything. And I, and I picked them to be fourth, which is higher, definitely higher than they are. They should be. I, 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 I put them higher because you guys talked me into it. Honestly, they did. I, I really thought they were going to be at the bottom of the league with Saskatchewan. And they're at the bottom of the league with Edmonton. <laughs> it's funny. Okay. That's that's in the box. Okay, where are we going to go now? Uh, over to Charles. And that's at the end of Sparky. Let's go see Charles and find his agenda. Red Blacks quarterback Jeremiah Mazzoli is out for the season with a ruptured Achilles tendon. Okay. I don't know if there's anything else to say on this subject. It, it's a fact. He's done. He's gone. He's, uh, I, am, I would be absolutely shocked at 35 years old whether he comes back. Two season-ending injuries at the beginning of the season – Yes, I know Zach Caleros got taken out in the first three plays of, of the first game of the season and came back with another team three teams later and ended up winning the Grey Cup in 2019. Yes, I understand that. But this is two years in a row that he has gotten a major lower body injury. And 
I, I, I'm sorry. I, I've got a bad Achilles, and it, it, it never gets better. It never is a hundred percent. I, 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 I cannot understand the pain that he is going through right now because it's severe. He had to have surgery. Did, he, did the surgery happen already? I mean, you know you're in trouble when you got a surgery to fix a tendon. Okay. Anybody got anything to say here? Yeah, I mean, the surgery. I mean, the surgery will go fine, and I think it'll it'll repair itself. I mean, but he'll be out a year. Oh yeah. And then that's two years of, two years of no football. And with two years of no football, yeah. that's that's tough. And I mean, that injury does happen through inactivity because look what happened after the. Uh, the year that was lost to COVID uh, training camp, didn't Saskatchewan have like five or six guys go down at one day with Achilles injuries? So yes, yeah, yes. unfortunately that was the and there was a yeah there was an investigation on that as to why that all happened. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think he's, I mean, he's gonna get paid at least. So, yeah. but I think he's done. Maybe he can coach. And he got hurt in 2019 too, right? He 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 tore an ACL right in 2019, halfway through the season. He, he's he not, not. He's not. Not holding together well. Yeah. No. I mean, if he comes back, I think Ottawa would be crazy because they got to look at this. They, they need a young quarterback. Even if even if he comes back, he's 36, 37, probably gets hurt again. So how does that get? He's, 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 he's 34 right now. He's. He's 34 right now. He's going to come back at 35. Yeah, no. I don't so think so. He, he, he came back out for six. He, he completed six of ten passes for 37 yards and one interception. Yeah, I mean, I think he won't have training camp. Those next are his year stats that for 2023. And then don't forget, next year his leg won't be ready at training camp come May. He'll probably be ready in June, no. June or July to be cleared. So it'll be the same scenario again. And who knows, like, like it's – and you can't rush that injury. If you rush that injury, then you're asking for big, big trouble. So, yeah, I – yeah, I mean, he's playing on two bad legs now because the one is the yeah. ACL, the other one is the Achilles. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about it. You want to be able to walk with your 60, and you keep getting well, injuries your legs and stuff like that. You're not going to. I mean, it's just well, I, I know from experience. Kind of. When I like when I ruptured my Achilles tendon like 15 years ago, I. Uh, I was fine after surgery, some pain, blah, 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 and the rehab was fine. But when I started walking again, it was my other foot. I actually was on balance, and I, I actually had stress, a stress fracture in my other foot from favoring while well, so I'm walking. Yeah. So I could, I yeah, could so imagine that. The yeah, yeah. So I have orthotics now because of that. But, I mean, for a quarterback that has a bad knee, a damaged knee, like he has a knee that will never be 100%. And now he's now he has he has no leg to favor. He has no like, I guess wouldn't be a good. He's, he's got to favor both fighting. legs. Yeah. <laughs> right. Seriously. 
And the Red Blocks, this is bad news for the Red Blocks. Last week they lost Tyrell Adams for the season with a torn ACL uh, on a low hit, unfortunately. Uh, rookie Dustin Crum is their expected to be starter. Uh, veteran passer Nick Arbuckle is on the roster, but he is, he is injured. But not so bad that he couldn't play if he absolutely had to. So now, while we've got this up there, Ottawa has signed two new players. They signed, uh, where are we here? There it is. Get over here. They signed uh, Pig Rome, which was the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers had him in the in training camp and everything else, and he got released, which is kind of weird. And then they signed Dakota Prukop, who did a stint in the USFL. So he's a a veteran. He knows the CFL better than anybody else. But he was never very good. So, you know, did he mature? Did he get some training down in the States? I mean, it's the USFL. I mean, if it was in the NFL camp or something, that would be a different story. But um, did it make a difference? Or are they just going to bring this guy back to do short yardage? Because you can't trust Nick Arbuckle to do it with a bad leg. It's Arbuckle's leg as well, isn't it? That was Winnipeg. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Winnipeg signed Prukop. My bad. My bad. Who who did they sign here? They signed Terrell Pigrome. Oh, Jake Dunaway. Dunaway. They they mix they screwed me up in this art uh, in this article. So Dunaway was in the training camp with the Red Blacks, and he didn't make the cut, and they brought him back. That's basically what's happened. My bad. I'm sorry about that Dakota Prukop thing. So Dustin Crum is expected to start. So we'll see what happens. This is going against Winnipeg. I'm not sure anybody wants to start in the game. Well, especially he likes to run the ball too. So, I mean, that might be, that might get some first downs, but it also might get him killed. Well, he took some big, he took some big hit blocks. He's going to do what he's going to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, And he's playing a big, big hit defense. He's, they're playing yeah. Winnipeg. So, you know, I yes, I, I have said that Winnipeg is not playing up the par. Yes, I have said that BC Lions beat Winnipeg and Molly whopped them. Um, yes, everything else, they're not playing as good as they – they're still a good team. Okay? So and their dangerous. defense is still, still very dangerous. So I, I would be very careful about losing my third or fourth quarterback – so maybe he yeah. shouldn't be running the ball quite so much. Uh, that's what I that's what I was kind of hinting at, like getting to throw the ball. And that's how you if you want to progress as a quarterback, you have to throw the football. You have to read defenses, not just take off and run, because that only works for so long. And then when when teams you know have film on you, they get it figured out. Yeah. Well, it's what Striver did. Strebler did. Strebler did that. That's all he did was take off with the ball. He barely threw the oh, ball. Oh, yeah, he's not. You would know he ended up. As a starter. And, and he ended up with an NFL contract. 
Yeah, but that's how we had to get um, Caleros because he started about six games and he was like one and five or two and four as a starter. Like, n- did not throw the ball well. Now, with NFL coaching, he's probably passable. He can actually throw the ball a little bit now. But in 2019, no, yikes. I don't know how he threw that pass in the Great Cup games. That was, I couldn't believe that. That didn't make sense. <laughs> but he's making enough money down there he doesn't have to worry about it so so be it right yeah yeah okay Charles death. talk do you have anything to say about this Ottawa quarterback situation uh it's a mess but two, at least you got two QBs gone for the season I don't know if I've ever seen that where they lost where a team lost uh, two quarterbacks to season injury injuries in back-to-back weeks. That's a first for me. Um, I mean, they're trying what they can. These guys, Pigroom and this other guy, uh, they're young guys, but sometimes a young guy uh, takes a, an opportunity and runs with it. I'm not saying he's going to, but, hey, I mean, why not? These guys they got to do something because, quite frankly, um, um, he's not exactly um, household name, but, I mean, they got to do something with somebody because they need a quarterback. Crump looked all right last week. He didn't embarrass himself. Um, let's see uh, what he's like uh, after a week as the full-time starter. Uh, that would be um, the first thing I would say. Give him a week as a start, uh, practice and start. I mean, not that one week is the be-all, end-all, but we'll see what happens. And then um, well, these young guys coming in, maybe if uh, Crumb falls in, maybe one of them could step up. But it's a bad situation in Ottawa uh, to go for two starters in, a, in two weeks and lose them to season ending. Uh, that's a bad situation for any team, especially a team like Ottawa that's trying to get better, trying to work their way back into respectability, but they're just still, um, still struggling. So I hope it works out well for them because I want to see that franchise succeed, and it's hard to see them succeeding without a, a top-level quarterback. Well, if Crumb gets hurt, the, the next call yep. is J.C. Watts. We might have to, yeah. Well, no, they're gonna have they're gonna have pig Rome and 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 this Henry Burr, Dunaway or whatever his name is. At least Dunaway's, you know, he, he kind of read the the playbook, playbook during yeah. training camp, so. But obviously he failed because they cut him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, okay, no, so I, here's an I, interesting statistic. Okay, and uh, I love this one. And uh, we've got to look at everything. Montreal Alouettes are on pace to allow 99 sacks in 2023. That's got to be a freaking record. No, it's not. Toronto Argonauts allowed 103 sacks in 1986. Wow. Okay. So that seems like it would be hard to do on purpose. Yeah, 
They have allowed 22 sacks through four games. That is god-awful. I remember uh, in, in comparison, Go ahead. No, you get going. I was just going to say, when the Lions had a terrible offensive line and Mike Riley seemed like he was getting hit and sacked every second play, I don't even think they were on that kind of pace. No. No. They, they've allowed 22 sacks through four games. That's terrible. Um, the club allowed 47 sacks last year, and their team was awful. And they're halfway there after four games. 99. I can't even fathom that. Twenty-two sacks so far. You know, the biggest problem is that Standback, who William Standback is a good running back. I'm not going to say he's the best in the CFL. He probably was at one time. But he's a damn good running back. Okay? And one of the big things that I always say is give him the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. you got to run the ball. After four games, Montreal has not ran the ball for 40 times. 39 times for 171 yards. That's like a game. Yes, they're only averaging 4.4 yards per game, but that's because they're not running enough. BC has a terrible run defense. Okay, they're they're, honestly... Their run defense is a, is a weak link of the defense. You got a guy like William Stanback, you should be running the ball down their throat. He only had six carries for 17 yards. Piotr like, like to throw the football. He's selfish like that. He serves he receivers under the bus in Saskatchewan and his team, his O-line, and he hangs under the ball too long. So that's like... And everyone's blaming Saskatchewan's O line last year. I think it's he's the issue. He ain't under the ball too long. Hundred percent, he's running up, holding under the ball too long. I mean, but the coach. There's a couple times like in the up. in the. Yeah. Who's the coach over there? It's Jason Moss, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't seem like a guy that would wouldn't put up with his bullshit. He'd probably tell him to run the ball more. You think he'd tell him to run the football more? Although okay, last year bullshit. the average average number of sacks was forty one point seven. Calgary allowed the fewest at 17. So the, all of last season, Calgary allowed 17 sacks. This year so far, Montreal's allowed 22. Oh. 
25% more than Calgary the whole year. And last year, Saskatchewan gave up 77 sacks, which was the most in the league. And they have the same quarterback that Montreal has now, Fajardo, Cody Fajardo. And they have the same coach, which is Jason Moss. So they took the quarterback, they took the coach, and they took the sack amount and, and went over to Montreal. They kept all three, the trifecta. Charles, you got anything to add to this? Uh, not much that hasn't been said already. I mean, this is the amount of sacks these guys give up is just mind-boggling. We're just, I mean, BC got to them it six is. times this past week. Uh, and they they could have and probably should have had three or four more, to be perfectly honest. There were, there were a few times where Fajardo scrambled around and threw the ball away that he was lucky he didn't get sacked. So, uh, it's really, they got to do something there because right now it's staggering what they're getting at. Okay, so let's uh, let's run over some stats here for a little bit. Um, rushing yards in the CFL this year, Brady Oliveira in Winnipeg is top with 400 yards. Jamal Morrill of Saskatchewan with 285, and Dietrich Mills with Calgary is 273. Uh, what else we got? Passing. Uh, Vernon Adams is the top passer. Uh, followed by Zach Caleros and Trevor Harris in yards. And uh, Vernon Adams is ahead by 300 a whole game over over uh, Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, who both have the same amount. No, Saskatchewan has a buy-in there. Uh, passing touchdowns, Vernon Adams has nine. Zach Caleros has nine. Trevor Harris has six. Completion percentage is... Uh, Adams with 71, Caleros at 68, Cody Fajardo at 67. That's a little surprising. QB rating, uh, Caleros is top at 112, Cody Fajardo is second with 101. Vernon Adams, because of his huge amount of interceptions, is down at 98. Number one receiver in the year so far. Who is it? Rudy, uh, who's the number uh, one receiver this year? I guess Dalton Schoen. I'll see yep. Dalton Schoen. No, number he's he's number two. Charles, uh, number one receiver. Geez, I thought it was Dalton Schoen too. I just thought that the third that Austin Mack. Austin Austin Mack from Montreal is number one receiver. <laughs> Receiving touchdowns is Dominic Rhymes with five. Uh, Wolitarski has got three. Dalton Schoen has been targeted more than any other receiver in the league, and not by a little bit. Most receptions in the league, Alexander Hollins from B.C. with 24. Dalton Schoen with 23. So he's almost – Dalton Schoen is almost getting – completing only half of his – 
targets. Yeah, teams are covering them, right? Yards Obviously, protect. they're going to cover them. Yeah. Yeah. Eugene Lewis in Edmonton has the most yards per catch. Long, he also has the longest reception, which is 102. So it's hard to those that will skew the other stat really quickly. Defensive tackles: Micah Awe, number one. Larry Dean, Saskatchewan, and Niles Morgan, number three in Edmonton. Bola Combo's fourth, and Adam Konar in Edmonton. That's the top five there. Special teams tackles is Flowers Lloyd. Yeah, nobody else important in there. Sacks, Matthew Betts has got nine. Willie Jefferson, six. And there's several that are tied at three. Pass knockdowns, block kicks, defensive plays. Mika Awe has played, had the most defensive plays. Anyhow, that's kind of kind of what it is. Moving on, go back to the agenda here, CJ. Find out what we got. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson has been released by the USFL's New Orleans Breakers. Could he return to the CFL? Now, Charles, who is his wife? I don't remember her name, but I thought she was like a big executive. With, she was like an executive with like Disney or something like that. Or, yeah. Or Netflix or one of the big entertainment Where did we hear this? There was an article about this in the off-season back around, back around the time of free agency uh, that uh, was one of the reasons he wasn't uh, re-signing in D.C. is because she had a big uh, high-paying job with one of the, I can't remember, like I said, what the uh, company was. But I do remember reading that in an article back. It was like it's a background probably about February. So. Right. Okay. So I put that out in a in a, a thing when somebody said, "Okay, Bethel Thompson should come back to Ottawa," and I said he won't do this because his wife is the exec of Google or Apple or some some big company down in the states, Amazon, and uh, she's making way more money than he is and. There's no way that he is going to come back. He's gone down there to play with the family so that he can be closer to the family and live off her, her income. Okay, that's kind of what I w- was told. That was what I was under the impression of. Okay? Now, yeah. the guy came, guy came back to me and said, no, she's not. She, her name is Chinka Hodge. And she's an American poet, educator, playwright, and screenwriter. That does not sound like she's an exec for some dot-com company. Because if she was an exec for a dot-com company, it would be right up there front and center. I remember reading that. Distinctively remember reading that. I know. So do I. Okay. 
I'm trying to look her, look her name up. Yeah, I'm doing that right now. Okay, so so here it is. Marvel's Iron Heart enlists Chinka Hodge as the head writer. Yeah, so yeah, is this something to do with Marvel? Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios. Marvel yeah. Studios? Disney's, Disney Plus series, Marvel Studios. She's the yeah. head writer. Okay, that's what I just found. So that's not an exact... I mean... She's no. probably making good money, but I think she's she's on strike right now. Um, <laughs> oh, good point. So now he's just been released by this, this New Orleans Breakers. Is he going to come back to the CFL? Doesn't I sound honestly like it. don't think so. No. I honestly think he's and still not, trying to catch on somewhere in the NFL. Yeah, he wants to. He, he wants to go in the NFL. For his pension. He does for his pension. He's a few games short. Yeah, but he's not going to. That's good luck. I don't think he'll catch. I mean, maybe, but I, I think Nathan Rourke has better odds of playing in yeah. the NFL than what McLeod yeah. Bethel Thompson does. Well, he could get on maybe a third there. No, who wants a At least Rourke's on a team. He's on a payroll. But NFL teams aren't looking for a 35-year-old third-string backup quarterback. He's not going to start, and he's not drafted. Wow. So I, I, it would have to be some type of emergency situation where a team lost four quarterbacks. And if he doesn't, if they don't need the money, why would he go to Ottawa? Like what's I mean, Ottawa probably won't make the playoffs. He's going to get abused there. You know, teams are going to be so. Yeah, I, don't think I mean, coming. who needs a quarterback right now? Ottawa, Hamilton, and Edmonton. Yeah, we know Montreal does, but they're not willing to admit it. We know Saskatchewan does, but they're not willing to admit it. We know Calgary does, and they're waffling on whether they're going to admit it or not. There's not a hope in hell that Huffnagel and, and Dickinson filed Bethel Thompson. It's just not going to happen. Every time I say that, it turns around and happens, so it's kind of weird. Well, if, I mean, if somebody threw a bunch of money at him, like to say, hey, Here's three hundred thousand dollars for the last half of the season. That might be hard to turn down. Like that's not pocket change, right? But I don't see anybody doing that. Well, yeah. Ottawa, Edmonton. Well, Hamilton might wow. wanting that Grey Cup. Chris Jones really likes his U.S. players. Thing is, Edmonton—they're losing so much money. They can't be throwing money around. No, like they're, 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 they're taking a hit. Franchise is not used to losing oh, money. Yeah. No. Oh. And and they're committed to Taylor Cornelius. Well, I think they're all. I think it's past the point of now. They, they yeah, I think they've. <laughs> 
past the point of no return. Oh, no, they can still cut him, right? They could still cut him because it's not a guaranteed salary till Labor Day. Okay. The week before Labor Day or somewhere right around there. And then, then all salaries are guaranteed for the rest of the remaining of the season. Aren't they paying him? Aren't they paying him like big, like over four hundred? Yes, Edmonton, like four fifty. It's crazy. <laughs> they're paying him four hundred and four hundred some thousand, and they're paying no, Eugene Lewis three hundred and twenty thousand. Between the two of them, it's like twenty percent of the salary cap. Ridiculous money. Yeah. And they're winless. And, you know, if Saskatchewan wins this weekend, it's going to – I mean, Edmonton's not out of the playoffs, but that's a, that's a long road to climb. So the season's almost – would it even be worth to go get a quarterback at a certain point, just ride it out with, with Cornelius and try again next year? You can't write the season off in week five. No. No. But if they lose this week and Saskatchewan wins, then that's like a that's a four game that's a four game lead. I mean, it's getting close. It, it is. It is. I mean, especially since they lost the season series to Saskatchewan, so they would actually have to win more games than them. I mean, they could go the other route, cut them, and then bring in some quarterbacks and this, you know, audition quarterbacks the last half of the season. If it's... Who? If who, who are they going to bring in? Out yeah. I mean, seriously, there was absolutely nobody out there, and Montreal had to take Cody Fajardo. Right. All the way to I mean... There was nobody else. Yeah, it's going it's to come down so. to the team's going to start asking Winnipeg for their backups the way it's going this year in the CFL. Well, I mean, both Ottawa and Edmonton has contacted the BC Lions for Dane Evans. Yeah, they can't. They can't get rid of Dane Evans. No. You can't. Because, you know, uh, uh, although I like Vernon Adams and I think he's a very talented quarterback, we've never seen him play to the level of grandeur that we want him to, right? You need you need to have a solid backup in there. Dane, Dane Evans is it. Yeah. And especially since Vernon Adams it is or – I'm not going to say injury prone, but oh, wow. he's had a lot of injuries in his career. Yeah, yeah. And if you're in, if not you're to in mention a playoff, the six, six interception game. No, but 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 if you're in a game and all of a sudden VA throws two picks late, you know, early in a, in a game, a playoff game, you know, you can always give him a quick hook and throw Evans in. Things aren't going well, so. Yeah. Give you a little bit of. But you got to get him some playing time, and why didn't he get any playing time with the BC offense? in that Toronto fiasco. Why yeah. do you leave Vernon Adams in there to throw six picks? 
Yeah, I, 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 I didn't agree with that. Understand why he did that? Yeah. It's like watching your pitcher walk seven batters in a row. Like, okay, or your goalie letting ten goals in. Like, maybe time to you know get him out of there. Just for his own sake. Yeah. But that didn't happen. Nope. Okay, what else do we have here on the agenda? Moving along. Do, 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 do. Oh, that's what I got to do. Riders Craig Dickinson sees parity in the CFL despite lopsided records. What are you talking about? Did he honestly say this? He can't. He didn't. The, did that come from Regina newspaper or Saskatchewan? No, three down art, three down nation. Oh. What parody? There's three good. There's three good teams, and there's six teams that are not so good. There's there's three good teams, three mediocre teams, and three terrible teams. Yeah, it's literally split in thirds. Right? Because, you know, you got Toronto, Winnipeg, and BC. It's hard to argue, and it's hard to put anybody else up there. you got Montreal, Saskatchewan, and Calgary. Again, it's a coin flip between those three, but they're not in the top, and they're not in the bottom. They all looked bad last week, but they didn't look as bad as the teams that they played. (laughs) Except for Montreal played BC, right? BC beat them. Um, and then the three terrible teams, which are Ottawa, Hamilton, and, and Ottawa. Ottawa, Edmonton, and uh, Hamilton. Those are the three, and they're bad teams. There's no no way around it. Not, those three teams do not have a quarterback. It's hard to be competitive in this league without a quarterback. No, it's fucking impossible. Face facts. But here, Craig Dickinson says that we have parity in the league. Saskatchewan is off to a 3-1 and one start, joining BC and Winnipeg and Toronto as the four best teams in the league. This is what his article says. Oh, God. Coming off the Riders' 12-11 to 11 win over the Elks, which snapped their seven-game home losing streak. God, really? Oh, my God. Who wrote this article? Oh, Three Down Staff. Okay. Somebody's not willing to put their name on it. Yeah, someone that doesn't want to put their name, that's who wrote it. Good reason for it, too, by the way. Yeah, I wouldn't want to put my name in on it like this. So, Charles, do you agree with Craig Dickinson that there is parity in the league? No. The 0-5 Elks are just as good as the BC Lions at 4-1. That's what parity means, and no. It's ridiculous. Is he just trying to make his team seem better or something? Because, yeah, I don't know, it's... That's just a dumb statement. There's no parity in the team. Like you said, three good teams, three mediocre teams, three terrible teams. 
One terrible division and one good division. Yep. There's only one team in the East that's playing good football. And there's two, possibly three, playing decent football. It was two for sure that are playing good football and two that are iffy in there. So there's four teams in the West right now. That means they're crossing over. The way it's been like that for 40 years. Business as usual. So at this point in time, if you look at the standings, um, we have three teams in the West that are have winning records, three of them. In the East, we have one. Calgary is one and three right now. Ottawa and Hamilton are both one and three. So right now, Calgary is tied for the crossover position. I have more faith in Calgary winning more games than Hamilton or Ottawa. Problem is, the East teams play each other more, right? So that might give them a little advantage. Like, if Hamilton gets, or if Montreal gets to play Ottawa five times this year with no quarterback, I mean, that's going to inflate the Owls' record. Because, what, I mean, I know that some East teams only, we only play some, some West teams only play East teams once this year. Right? So that's a joke. It's a joke. Well, BC, BC only plays Toronto. It's over. There's, there's yeah, no making up for that again. disgusting game. The only way that BC plays Toronto again is in the Grey Cup. And how do you not in the two biggest markets in the country play each other at least once in each other's building? Because the East teams are complaining about travel costs, I believe. Oh, well, I got news for them. The, 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 um, the um, distance between the cities is the same, so the travel costs for the West and the East is the same. I think the, hid, the hidden reason is they know that they're, they will, they'll have a better chance. Their win total will be higher. A few of the teams, at least they'll beat up on, you know, the last place East team if you play them five times, right? The glass will beat up on Hamilton. You know. yeah. You're going to have a you're gonna have okay. an 8 and 10 East team. Huh? You have an 8 and 10 East team hosting a playoff game again this year. That's the way it's going. They're going to host the East semifinal at 8 and 10, or maybe 7 and 11. Okay. Now, let's look at the schedule for a second. Okay. And and we're going to look at the schedule for Toronto. Okay. So now Toronto plays Montreal this week. Then Toronto plays Hamilton. And then Toronto plays Saskatchewan. That might be a tougher game. Toronto's got to play Calgary. I mean, realistically, they could be 9-0. and Yeah, they're going to lose one of those. Toronto doesn't ever play as well in Calgary. Only, only away to the great cup games. 
Um, they don't they don't play well in BC, but we don't get to play them in BC. No. Well, here's an interesting stat. Charles briefly touched on this. Uh, Montreal does not do well in BC. Montreal just Never. got beat in BC. Did you know that since 1961, Montreal, which is what, is 62 years, 62 years, Montreal plays there every year once, sometimes in the Grey Cup, sometimes in whatever. They have only won nine times in 62 years. How That's many? not good odds. Nine times? Nine. Nine times. Nine they have won nine, nine times in BC in, since 1961. A weird stat, isn't it? Yeah, granted, they only get to play in BC once a year, but I'd love to know what the stats are for Toronto in the same time period. I don't know. Toronto's got to play Saskatchewan and Calgary. they got to lose one of those games. I like Rudy's idea, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. Okay, so Craig Dickinson sees parity in the CFL. We've just proved there's zero parity in the CFL. There is also hasn't been parity in the CFL in 25 years, maybe more. Um, so let's not go there. I, even then, I don't know if there's ever been true parity in the CFL. There's always somebody at the bottom so. for a reason. Okay, Toronto Argonauts signed head coach Ryan Dinwiddie to a multi-year contract extension. You know, it's kind of funny. Last year at this time, we were saying that Ryan Dinwiddie should be fired. And he just kept winning, and he won the Grey Cup. Hard to fire a guy when he's like that. But they don't necessarily see, say, what he got. He's getting paid. I'm guessing that they paid him well. He won a great cup, so. I think he, he's doing a good job with uh, Chad Kelly, keeping him, you know, pretty simplifying things, not making him do too much. Too much. Very controlled offense. So you got to give him credit. Oh, we hundred percent we do. I kind of thought. And their defense is doing well. Yeah. Well, we all thought Kelly might struggle. I will say this: that Toronto, that defense is for real. Like they, they played well in the Grey Cup game against Winnipeg, very well, and either they. And BC got a taste of that a couple of weeks ago, so so I give him credit. Yeah. 
I still think I still think their offense can be had. I think they can be shut down with a good with a good offense, but Winnipeg's we'll see. You know what we haven't done in a very long time, Charles? What's that? But the story is floating around, and if it goes public, he'll have to finish his career in Saskatchewan. Have you ever been to Saskatchewan? No, I haven't. Fucking blow his thing. Fucking blow his That was wonderful. Like you gotta, you gotta really appreciate something like that. Mm-hmm. This is a three-minute warning. See, now I got my computer back. I've got all these toys to play with. You can play with the buttons now. Yeah, I can. We can do all sorts of things. Yeah, that Benny Hill. We're not going to give Benny Hill. That phone should have been playing in the, the kickoff when going into the end zone for Edmonton. <laughs> that phone should have been playing in the background. Yeah. That's a perfect song. Yeah. No, that. Okay. Where are we going? There's got to be something else here. There is. TV ratings. Did you see the TV ratings? They were kind of cool. Um, this is the highest that the TV ratings have been. They're, they're progressively getting better from week one, week two, week three. Week five had the highest rating yeah. right across the board. Although CFL.ca kind of got the thing wrong because in the article it says that uh, the Montreal-BC game led the way as CFL produces best week on television, where even with the RDS – Montreal was, or the Montreal-BC game was still less than, oh, hang on, my bad, I read that wrong. No, I don't think it was. Yeah. Yeah, so they they led the way with 700,000 views. Calgary-Winnipeg came in second at 633, Saskatchewan at just under 500,000, Ottawa-Hamilton under 400,000. So it's kind of cool to see that the viewership is going up. They're not comparing it with any other year. They did say that, you know, they went head-to-head with the Blue Jays on two, game, two days. So that was a bit of a challenge. Um, but, you know, shit happens. 90 seconds. Blog Talk Bitch just told me. Look at that. Let's go over there and close the show out. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 538. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. Uh, CJ, and we've been uh, talking football for the last hour and a half. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, This was episode number 538, and that's in the book. That's a lot of episodes. Anyhow, we look forward to the weekend of football, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Uh, Charles, you get to say goodnight. Oh, goodnight, folks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this weekend. James, and we'll talk to you uh, next Wednesday. Awesome. Rudy. Good night, everyone, and have a great weekend, and we will chat next week. Perfect. And Willie? Go Scunners! Hey, guys, take care. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.